Hi, everybody. My name is Michael Chestnut, and I'm on Intentional Guy Podcast. Today, I want to bring to you, I'm not, I don't have a special guest or anyone here. I just want to share just a few moments, a little bit about my testimony in hopes that maybe my story can help you. I know as you're listening to this, there's a lot of you who are living in fear and isolation from God. You've had horrible choices in your life that are dictating your identity today. And let me tell you something. Our identity does not belong to the worst moments in our lives, but rather we can grow from those worst moments in our life to become better for God. But we have to have a willingness to do it. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers of witness and in dark places. This is a spiritual battle that you're going through. If you're living in isolation and fear, you have the enemy exactly where he wants you to be. About three years ago, I wrote a book called Exposed, and in it, I laid out everything, my whole wicked past and how embarrassing my, my past is. It, it is horrible. Truth is, I was suffering inside for the longest time and nobody ever knew it. I want you to think about that for a moment. For some of you people who are in a great place with God right now, you never know about the person next to you at church, what they're going through the things that are taking place in their life in secret that nobody knows about. And you have the opportunity to be Jesus with skin on them. And I say that because I'm so thankful for those people in my life who were Jesus with skin on, who reached out to help us when we were in our darkest moments. I'm not going to get into my story right now and tell you all the, the horrible and just embarrassing things that took place in my life. But I want to tell you something. I was a man far from God, but yet I was an ordained minister. I would live in isolation for 15 years. For 15 years, I battled finding my way to God. But I'm so thankful for the people in my life who God placed at every pivotal moment to help me to find restoration. It took 15 years for me to find it. A friend of mine, Ron Weber, who I went to camp with some 30 years ago, we had reconnected on Facebook. And actually, I was going on a cruise, me and my wife, and we stopped in Tampa and we, we stayed um, in that area that night, and we went out with Ron and his wife. And in that moment, I poured my heart out to them where I had been and who I was. I think part of me did it so I could chase Ron away, thinking that, man, if Ron knows who I am, Ron's going to want nothing to do with me. But that's not what happened. Ron reached out to a man named Tim Payne. Tim Payne was coming to uh, the Pensacola area, the panhandle where I'm at, and he was starting a church. And Ron reached out to him and said, Tim, I've got a friend who's far from God running. 
and he needs somebody to reach out to him. For the longest time, me and my wife, what we would do is we would come home from work. We'd get on Friday. We would actually get in our pajamas. We would not go out until Monday morning when it was time to go back to work. We lived in isolation from the world because we didn't want people to know us. And we also didn't want relationships because we knew if we had relationship that could set us up for failure and for hurt. And I also did, I believed the lies of the devil for the longest time I had in my ear, how worthless I was ever since I was a young child. I woke up every day saying, I hate myself. I despised who I was. I had a severe trauma in my life growing up that not even my family knew about. I was molested as a young man by a missionary who had stayed for a short period of time at our house that my parents trusted. And that man saw my insecurities, saw my loneliness, and true to nature as of a predator, he groomed me for that moment. And in that moment, the enemy took me. It's startling because one out of every five person has been sexually abused. Think about that for a minute. In our church, look around you. About one in five of them have been sexually assaulted as a child. And nobody knows about it because we dare not let someone know. I didn't deal with it. I never dealt with it. In fact, my family never knew anything about it until I wrote my book, Exposed. And in that book, I laid it all out. But I want to tell you about my journey. See, I didn't think restoration was possible. I had a preacher, a pastor. Once all this took place, for some reason, and, and, and I don't know where he got this from, and I don't know why he, he said these words to me. And, you know, I want to tell you something. It's not the world that, that discourages us and breaks us down as Christians. It's usually other Christians. This pastor looked at me and he said, Mike, there's no coming back from this. God's never going to be able to use you again. And in my guilt and my shame, I believe that lie. What happens when you believe that lie is what do you have to live for? I had nothing to live for anymore. So I even delve more into the depravities of my life and in the sins of my life. But I'm thankful for Ron Weber, who reached out to Tim Payne and said, Tim, you're starting a church in the Panhandle. Will you reach out to my friend? He's running far from God. Tim Payne reached out to me and my wife. We went to the very first satellite service that they had at this place called Payday Loan. And I remember as me and my wife sat there and as they were doing the praise and worship, I remember as we walked in, we, we were physically shaken. We were shaking. The enemy was doing everything to keep us 
from being there, right? As the church grew, we came a handful of times, but I couldn't get past that. God's done with you. God is, God cannot redeem you from where you've been. I know scripture. I sit here and I'm amazed at how I, how I believe that lie. How I believe that lie. And John, it says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. And the fa- that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I couldn't pray. I couldn't look to God. But I found myself, the only prayer I could do was, Holy Spirit, please. And in that moment, when I prayed that prayer, Holy Spirit, please, he heard the moaning and the groanings of my heart. And you know what he did? He started working on me. Because now in that simple prayer, Holy Spirit, please, I invited God back into my life. Without being able to speak the words, the Holy Spirit that lived in me made intercession for me. And he prayed to God for me. It took me 15 years finding restoration of freedom. And I didn't think it was ever possible to find that. And that I would ever rise again. We ran from Tim Payne for a long time. And he he was faithful. He was so faithful. He would call us, talk to us. Several, I remember several phone calls talking to him. Me talking to him about the hypocrisy of, of the church. Talking to him about whatever I could. I, I was full of excuses of why I did not want to go to church. Why I did not want to be there. Truth was, I was afraid to be there. The truth was, I had no hope within me. Because I allowed what this minister said to me to drain me of my hope in Christ. It was during work and I thought I was having a heart attack and I was rushed to the hospital. Now this has probably been a year since I had talked to pastor Tim and Tim came walking through the hospital doors. I was laying in bed. I didn't even recognize him. And Amber goes, that's Pastor Tim. And I remember Pastor Tim came and he sat down next to to the bed. No condemnation. But he spoke truth from God's word. See, we we were fighting. You know, the Bible tells us clearly we don't fight flesh and blood. But we're fighting the devil. We're fighting the enemy who wants to devour our soul. And if he can keep me paralyzed in my shame and my guilt, then he can keep me from moving forward in a walk with God. I'm so thankful for Ron Weber and I am so thankful for my pastor, Tim, because in that moment, he spoke truth to me and my wife. And in that moment, sitting in that bed, I I remember looking at Tim and I said, we'll be there. 
we'll, we'll be back at church. And we did. We came back. We went to church that Sunday. And we haven't missed since. What I love about the church that I'm going to is that they illustrated Jesus with skin on for me. Up until this point, God had brought several people into our life who were who were trying to pour into us. What they were doing were they were planting seeds. And I'm so thankful for men like Mike Collins and Charity Chapel, who even though we fell even further from God, and, and in all reality, uh, we spit in their face. And I don't want to get into all that, but Mike Collins never stopped loving me. He planted a lot of seeds that Pastor Tim has got to see cultivated now in this time period. I want to tell you something. It was a 15-year-long journey of finding restoration and peace. What happened was had a terrible car wreck that took place, and that car wreck... Um, we had a, a tanker truck that fell on top of us. And I remember watching as that tanker was falling and I saw it coming right on top of me. And I, I knew I was dead. But at the last moment, God shifted the car and the tank of that truck landed in the back seat. I could feel the tanker. In fact, I propped my hand on it to get out of the car. But what happened in that, I had a severe back injury, and for months I was laid up, and God took me even further down. He broke me. And what he did, he brought a Christian counselor to me who, who drove to, to where I was, who sat down with me. And unlike the other therapists that I had seen in the world, this person spoke truth to me. And this person could see past the mic that was on fire and could see that it was a spiritual warfare that I was going through and that the enemy was attacking my soul. I took on for two years seeing this counselor and working through these steps. And for the first time, I, I spoke about the sexual abuse that I suffered as a young man. It's amazing how we can pour light and shine light on what the enemy has us paralyzed to, how it takes away the power from the enemy, that he no longer can own you, right? Let me tell you something. In that moment, I found great joy and peace because for the first time I was able to lay all these things at the altar. See, for the longest time, I would lay them at the altar, but I would always pick them back up and take them with me. I never left them with God. But she told me, so Mike, we sat in her office and I prayed my heart out to God and I laid them down at the altar. And when I laid them down at the altar, she said something really great to me. She said, Mike, don't allow yourself or anyone else to allow you to pick back up what God has taken from you. Those were such great words because in that, I started moving forward in my walk with Jesus. I know there are a lot of men and women who are listening to this right now 
that you are suffering in pain and isolation. And God doesn't want that to happen to you. But a lot of you will say, but I'm not strong. I don't want to go back to the church. The church has hurt me. And, and yeah, there's, there is a lot of church hurt out there. There are a lot of things out there, but those are excuses that the enemy is throwing at our way to try and keep us from being in fellowship with other Christians. In my walk, God taught me a lot of great things. Recently, I just wrote a book and this is not a pitch for it, but it's, it's more than a picture. In the first chapter, I talk about a trip that I took to Albania and in Albania, when I went, I remember I was, I was thinking about going there to work with the, the young orphan boys who had nobody to, to work with them. But in that time period, I was like, how can God ever use me? I'm a divorced man. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm no one special. You know, what, what do I have to offer anybody? let alone God or these orphans. And I remember I went through the boys' dormitory, and as I was looking on their walls, I saw all these pictures of musicians all over, and it was so many genres, and I couldn't figure out because they didn't really go together because usually like one certain type of genre, maybe two, but they had all these different genres. I, I overlooked something. I didn't see something about them that they pointed out to me. And I said, guys, tell me, which of these are your favorite artists? Which of these are your, you know, do you like the most? And I remember they looked at me and they said, in their broken English, these Albanian orphans said, we don't know. We've never heard their music before. I, I was like, then why do you have their posters? on your wall. They looked at me and they said, we heard that these men are men of God. And we wanted a picture of what a man of God looked like. The Holy Spirit came upon me in that moment. I said, Mike, you can be more than a picture It took 25 years later for that to really resonate in what God was trying to tell me. See, my whole life, I was a pastor's kid. I could put on whatever mask I needed to be to be what everybody wanted to see. I knew what the expectations of as, as a pastor's son was to be. And so I illustrated that and I lived that for anybody and everybody that looked at me. But it was a mask. I was a child of God but I didn't have a relationship with God. It was stagnant because I was too busy giving man what they wanted from me instead of giving God what he wanted from me. So what happened was I realized that all the characteristics that I thought I carried as a man were fake and were not real. So in the last three years of my restoration, and yes, I found restoration. I found freedom. I want to tell you something here from a guy who was broken, who, who three times wanted to, to commit suicide from a guy who um, was molested as a child, a guy who has been divorced, a man who 
was horrible with relationships. God came in and he healed my broken heart. He taught me lessons and he brought the right people into my life. One year, our church asked us to pick a a word for the year. Pastor Tim and his wife did. They said, pick a word that God is giving you. Seek it out. What is God? What word is God wanting you to hold on to this year? And the word intentional kept coming out. And I was like, I just felt like that. But, you know, it had been so long since I heard God's voice. I, I couldn't really tell if that was God. No one knowing that this is the word that God was giving me, our pastor preached message after message on intentionality. People who were mentoring me were all of a sudden using the word intentional. And I realized this is God. God is telling me this is the word that I want you to do because your whole life You have not been intentional in serving me. You have been, you've been living a performance-based Christianity instead of truly walking the walk and living for God. So in this time period, I started developing what it meant to be a man of God. And I'm still working on that, right? I don't think we ever, we ever stop that journey. I'm so blessed because God has given me so many tools to use. One of them is how to build character. Some of you guys that are listening to this, you're men, you, you, you're, you're chasing your tail. Um, you're not able to be the man that you want to be. I, for the longest time, I didn't feel like the spiritual leader of my, my family. So what did I do? I just wouldn't be the spiritual leader of my family because I did not feel qualified or equipped to be that man of God for my family, to be the spiritual leader. But I love something that Pastor Tim said one day. He said, God does not call the equipped. He equips those he calls. I want to ask you a question today. What is God calling you to do that you don't feel equipped to do? And therefore, you are doing nothing. What is it? What is it that has you paralyzed like it did me? Do we all have strongholds in our lives? I don't think we can ever get rid of strongholds because as soon as we we conquer one stronghold, the enemy likes to bring another stronghold into our life. So this character and, and the values that we have in our lives, they have to be more than just performance-based. They have to be ingrained in us, and we have to practice it, and we have to find truth, and we have to get rid of the enemy in our ear. For the longest time, I heard the enemy's voice thinking it was God's voice, and there wasn't a day in my life that I didn't wake up saying, I hate myself. You're stupid. And that's what my reality was. But that was not the reality of who God said I was. In my repentance, I heard that this verse came to me in Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, 
to give you a future and a hope that you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declared the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations and all the places where I have driven you, declared the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I want to tell you something today. I am living a life of restoration and freedom because I sought God. God brought the right people in my life, and I'm so thankful for you. You guys who are listening, you know who you are. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my church. Our church has this slogan, no perfect people allowed. And and I I truly, <laughs> truly am that I, I, I qualify to go to church there. I really do. But this year God gave me this book that I that I wrote, More Than a Picture, Restoration and Freedom. But the neatest thing that he did as I as I wrote this book, because I felt called of God to write this book. This book is for anyone, man or woman. If you feel trapped, if you feel like you're stuck and you're you're paralyzed to your past. See, I allowed the worst moments in my life to dictate who I was and my identity in Christ and that is not what God wants. God wants you to be restored and free. I hope you will you'll purchase this book that you'll get this book and read it. But on top of that, God gave me another book to go right along with it. I was not planning this. It's a workbook, more than a picture workbook. I have been for the last month and a half teaching this to a group of men who have a certain stronghold in their life. And it has been great to watch them as they're starting to rebuild character that they once thought was impossible to have. God wants to restore back to you that which the enemy has taken from you. So I want to tell you guys today, I want to give you hope. There's hope within Christ. Sometimes it might be the only prayer you can pray was like me, Holy Spirit, please. And the Holy Spirit will hear the groanings of your heart. And he will make intercession for you with the Father. But I want to tell you something. There are ways and there are tools out there available for you to find restoration with Christ. If you're one of those people, I want you to email me, please. I'll put my email in the link below. But I want you to know there is hope for you. Coming in January, we're going to be doing an, a series called Intentional Grit. And that is when you can push through. We're looking for men who want to push through the nastiness of life and have the tenacity to build back the integrity that the enemy has stolen from you. My wife and I have been in deep prayer. Come January, we're going to step out in faith 
into a mission field of helping men find restoration. But one of the things that I want to do, you pastors who are listening, you're under attack. I was a minister of God and the enemy took me out. I was a fake minister of God because I really wasn't truly living for God at the moment in time. But I wasn't always that way. You may have some members on your staff that they're battling with pornography or they're battling with another stronghold or they're, they're battling with something that they can't find victory over. And the thing is, I never went to help because I felt like I couldn't trust anybody for help. We got to trust people. We got to trust God's people. Don't be the person that tells that person God's done with you, like was said to me, because that robbed me of 15 years. But you know, I'm thankful for the 15 years of restoration that I went through because in that 15 years, I discovered a new God. I discovered a different God than I thought existed. And I found a God that loved me, a God who was for me, and a God that when he created me, knew all the horrible things that I would do. He knew all the bad choices I would make. And yeah, he even knew that some man would molest me as a child. But yet God, in his faithfulness to me, has redeemed me from a terrible past. And he wants to do the same for you. If you're struggling with this, I want to offer help to you. I want to offer a place, pastors, for your staff, if they need someone to talk to, that they can talk to, that they can help walk them through this. I would love to walk them through this workbook where the workbook is built to help us to, to identify the strongholds in our life. But also, see, we can't fix something that we know that we're not aware is broken. But we got to identify. And once we can identify it, we can shed light on it. And then the Holy Spirit can come in and he can start guiding us and directing us to where we need to be. And this workbook, what it does, it helps us to find ways to build our character. See, we don't accidentally become the man we're supposed to be. We have to work at it. We have to intentionally follow God. I'm so thankful for that word intentional. We picked it for a year and now that has become my mantra. That's where the title of the podcast came from, Intentional Guy. Every day I get up and I'm intentional. I have five characteristics in my life that I'm working on currently right now have not perfected, but you know what? Every day I look at those and I have a guideline and a, and a, a direction of where I'm going and, and what I want to do and what I want to accomplish. But also I want to share with you something that's really important. And I say this all the time in my podcast, but we are the sum of the five people that we hang out with. And I realized I was not saturating myself with the right people. And it was my job to find those right people to associate with today. I have an accountability group that I meet every morning on Zoom and together those men know what characteristics I'm looking for. They know my goals. They also know if I'm isolating, that's, that's a problem. And they call me out on it. You need great friendships 
But the problem is a lot of us don't want accountability in our life. Let me tell you something. God is telling you, you need accountability in your life. Accountability keeps us safe and it helps us to grow to be the man that God has called us to be. As a child growing up, I had a best friend, right? And that best friend knew everything about me. Today, I have best friends again. Today, I have men that I can call on. If, I'm, if, I, if the enemy gets my ear, I immediately call them. And I allow them to speak truth over me. And now I no longer hear, am hearing the enemy's voice. I can hear God's voice. And let me tell you something. Do you know how great it is to be able to hear God speaking to you? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you are so paralyzed and captivated in your past that you can't move forward. God wants you to move forward. Someone told me, I had a life verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And someone after this happened said, you need to get a new life first, because that one's not serving you. And that was right after my fall. You know what? That's when I really needed that verse. But I put that verse away because they, I was like, I believed that lie that the enemy whispered through somebody else. What lies are you listening to today? It's time to make a decision to follow God. Are you ready to do that? I hope so. I want this to be encouraging you. On Intentional Guy, come January, we're going to be hitting intentional grit. And we're going to be hearing stories of men who were far from God at some point in their life, but found their way back to God, that heard the truth of God. And they have aspired to be the best man that they can be. How about you? Do you want to aspire to be that man? You can't do it alone. Let me tell you something that I found out. I found out that there was safety in the men around me. There was safety in those people that God placed in my life. I love my pastor. I can call my pastor today and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And he's available for me. I have a group of men that every quarter we go, we we sit down and we have a, a devotional together. It's at five thirty in the morning. Oh my goodness, I don't like five thirty in the morning, but I would leave there every morning. So glad that I was there. For the longest time, I would come into church and I would walk in, just as church is starting, and then as church was ending, I would I would get out as quick as I could. This was recently. See, the enemy was telling me, if these people know you, Mike, if they knew your past, if they knew everything about you, they wouldn't want nothing to do with you. And so that was keeping me from cultivating more friendships, but it was keeping me from ministering and doing what God had called me to do as well. I confessed this to those men in that meeting. They were like, and, and I appreciate it so much because they said, Mike, you're no longer that man. That is not who you are. Walk with pride of who God has created you to be and where God's taken you from. Your story's powerful. So glad I have great men in my life who are, who are willing to speak truth to me when I need to hear it. Let me ask you something today. Do you have those friendships in your life? Are you working intentionally on character in your life that, is, that will make you a godly man? Are you a loving husband to your wife? Are you kind? 
what, what are the things in your life that you're missing? Only you know, but there's our ways to work around it and to find that. I'm going to be offering some workshops coming up this year, and we're going to tackle these issues. And we're going to show you how you can intentionally develop the characteristics that you and God want you to have. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you willing to do what it takes to be the man of God God has called you to be?